is a god of the game. Transfer madness is finally over. Who are the winners and who are the losers? Have Arsenal finally found answers to their defensive woes? Who took the best bargain out of Barcelona's garage sale? Is this the weakest Juventus team in a long, long time? And have Bayern moved on to Leipzig to fill their squad? In cricket, we discuss India's incapable middle order and bizarre selection choices. Also, we discuss Indian athletes' impressive show in Paralympics 2020. Let's go! Here we go. Welcome to our transfer special podcast where Ishan and I basically going to pat ourselves for predicting how crazy this window is going to be. So, hi Ishan. What's up? Hi Bala. Oh man. I'm actually glad it's over. (laughs) Yeah, before getting into the transfer deadline craziness, uh, let's quickly address Cristiano Ronaldo's Officially becoming all-time highest goal scorer in men's international football. We need to mention that because there are a lot of people saying that, no, no, it's Christine Sinclair. We understand Christine Sinclair has scored a ton of lot of goals. But yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, two goals. My God. And he scored two goals and actually missed a penalty as well. Uh, he missed a penalty but slapped a defender, an Irish defender. Uh, but he's still winning again. That And this is what we were discussing uh, in our last call, uh, last podcast, right? That Ronaldo, however much he ages, he will always be Mr. Clutch. Scoring in the 95th minute for Portugal, winning them the game. Meaning, he's done it so many times for Portugal, for his clubs. It's just unbelievable. And Congratulations to him. What a player. Now officially number one. Guinness Book of World Record, by the way. Uh, tagged him on a tweet. So he's now a record, officially a record holder there. So unbelievable. Uh, what a career. What a career. Yeah, the, this is uh, the goals he scored against Ireland in a World Cup qualifier. So just to appraise you guys, like the World Cup qualifiers are going on right now. And I just started. This is for the Qatar 2022 World Cup. I mean, we'll talk about this when we have some important games going on. I mean, France played a game yesterday and Netherlands played a game. So that's going on. We'll talk about that later. Now, since we have put this aside, since we have given the accolades that's, uh, that Cristiano Ronaldo deserves, we'll talk about the crazy transfer window and we'll start from the league where they spend 1.1 billion pounds in total which is actually about 11% less than the last window last window they spent about 1.3 billion so which is incredible I mean Arsenal turning out to be the highest net spenders I mean I should say net spend uh, I need to put that word very clearly they spend about 131.8 million pounds net on the transfer deadline day they signed another centre-back or right-back I think he has paid both centre-back and right-back back for Bologna Bologna let me get this correct Takahiro Tomoyasu I hope I got this right <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I haven't, I have to uh, agree that I haven't seen him much. Uh, but what I have heard is he's a pretty good defender. He's one of those physical defenders, good in the air. Uh, so he did well against uh, Ronaldo and Lukaku apparently in the league last season. But I am not very sure how is he going to do for Arsenal. <laughs> when Bala says he's not seen much of him, Bala means he's not seen him at all. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, it's another one of those signings with Arsenal have come up with, which nobody has an idea of what the logic is behind this. Yes, 
they needed a central defender since their you know their main defenders both gabriel and uh, who's the other one who's the other central defender they are they the main rob holding rob oh, yeah but gabriel primarily is injured uh, so they needed a backup to that and mari who started his arsenal career in horrendous fashion so they obviously needed backup but i didn't expect this like come on hey, this is probably arsenal's level right they're buying from yeah. bologna yeah but like see this is a transfer window where we had messi ronaldo lukaku griezmann i mean we'll come to griezmann and messi when we cover la liga and league a but chelsea even after spending about 100 million close to 100 million for lukaku their net spend is 3.1 million pounds that's their net spend they are incredible i i i really think they are one of the most well managed clubs in europe right now in terms of how they manage their finances uh, the way they buy the way they sell mostly the people the players they are selling they are going at really good values as well and obviously their loaning strategy which all of us find is crazy they can create 700 teams out of their loans uh, but it somehow works it comes back and they win they keep winning yeah i mean it all the kudos all the praise should all go to their uh, their technical team uh, head, headed by marina gravnoski i mean she's she's amazing she's been doing an amazing job she, she was able to sell hazard for 130 million tammy abraham for 40 odd million to roma fikayo tomori about 30 odd million to milan like i mean this is incredible from chelsea to me they are clearly the winner of this transfer window at least amongst epl club to me they are the winners and they were able to secure the loan signing of yet another midfielder adding to their never ending list of midfielders saul niges who who's going to be a great value add i mean you already have kante you already have jorginho kovacic now adding to that yet another player who's going to bring in something different who's going to bring something different that the other three does not have how do you see where do you see fitting i mean kante jorginho saul all playing together i think saul nugez is probably going to be one of the signings of the season and i'll tell you why saul nugez was proven at atletico madrid was probably the only spanish player who played the premier league style you know mm. he had it all he used to be hard hitting he used to score great goals he was a provider he used to do it all a lot of running but what actually chelsea can benefit from him is his versatility like uh, in the last se- last season and in the couple of games this season in the pre season he was playing left back yeah uh, for simeone he hated that that's why that's one of the reasons why he wanted to move but th- this is the this is the you know the value add saul nugues can give he can actually replace kante uh, you know kante for example a kante jorginho midfield is an amazing midfield so he can give jorginho for example a break he can actually play a number 10 role as well if mason mount needs a break he can play number 10 he can be a provider so i think it's 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 probably one of the best underplayed signings of this transfer window because saul nugues was the talk of the town 2 3 years ago he was one of the hot properties in midfield in europe last two seasons he's been had a bit of a lull so i think this can boost his you know his uh, star value because he's definitely a superstar yeah the another english club which actually did extremely well in the transfer window i mean we talked about that club a lot which is manchester united they made three marquee signings i would say sancho varan and obviously the cristiano ronaldo effect also 
But I still think they should have gone for Saul Niggers or someone like Saul Niggers would have gone a little hard on him because that's where they need a player. Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm not sure whether it's a needed signing in terms of on-field sporting merit. Yes, it was an obvious signing for all the other reasons. But from on-field sporting merit, they should have gone hard on a midfielder. I completely agree because safe United are playing the Champions League this season. So... all in all they're going to be playing for four trophies yeah. they're very thin thinly spread across in the midfield right uh, you have fred fred mctominay matic and pogba uh, mata to i don't know if he's still a player he's more of a supporting staff uh, fred is like a severe weak link right now in that team and what happens is somebody of those midfielders get injured yeah. because they're so stacked with wingers who can attack not midfielders who can attack it's a it's going to be very tricky because suddenly you'll have a situation where you have injuries but then you have rashford greenwood martial ronaldo cavani all available and not in i'm not mentioned bruno fernandes uh so where do you fit that in uh another smart thing they got they got a good amount 30 million euros for pounds for daniel james which is a great amount and selling it to their rivals uh, leeds united so that's a good piece of business as well but yeah midfield is going to be weak you you know you know there is a there is a conspiracy on why they sold daniel james see because cristiano ronaldo uh, need to get the number 7 jersey which is now being assigned to cavani now because the premier league has started you can't change the jersey number unless there is a quote and quote special uh, reason like premier league can provide an exemption now cavani used to wear 21 uh, number 21 jersey for uruguay Now, who was wearing twenty-one jersey for Manchester United? Daniel James. <laughs> oh wow! But it's it's a very uh, United thing to do for Ronaldo uh, to let go of a player just to allot a number. But I mean, it's not such an unbelievable story. Yeah, but also on the other hand, they are stacked up pretty much on upfront. I mean, uh, Daniel James may not get a lot of game time, so it also makes sense for him to go to a club where he can at least get some time. Maybe you can get some minutes. Yeah, you can say they could have sent him on loan, but yeah, I mean, if you are getting thirty million for Daniel James, it is a good sign. I mean, it's a good, it's a good sale actually at the end of the day. Yeah. Now Manchester United team. with these signings, they have again, uh, they have again actually established their hold as a top four team. But I still doubt that they are a very serious contender for the title. I mean, they have increased their probabilities slightly higher, but I still think they are not up to the mark of Chelsea. or city city on the other hand they went all out on harry kane they went in fact this entire window for city was about only two players harry kane and yeah. jack grealish jack grealish went pretty smooth it was probably one of the smoothest 100 million deals i've ever seen there was no friction anywhere like it just started and ended very smoothly but the harry kane deal actually balanced it <laughs> it had all the drama all the all the controversies and in the end it also didn't happen actually so city again getting into a season without a proper number 9 will it work i i have my doubts i have my doubts this season yeah and you know we we won't talk about this too much because we've done, uh, done this in the past is like it worked last season but it might not work for every single tournament this season gabriel has, jesus is a great player but he's not 
a superstar and a su- that's what city are now aspiring if they have champions league and uh, champion league aspirations they need a number 9 uh maybe you know never know the situation where they are say in the january transfer window they might go for a, a center forward and i think the one we really discussed was uh, danny ings he would have fit perfectly well uh with uh, you know a, a bit part role coming into score clutch goals he would have been a good signing you never know that might happen in january yeah i mean looks like gabriel jesus is going to play a winger the last two games he did that and he did pretty well he gave at least 2 3 assists ferran torres scored 2 3 goals but see it's against norwich and arsenal probably yeah. the two worst defensive teams in premier league right now so you can't take much away from those two games now talking about the uh, other top four challenger or probably one of the title challengers liverpool were very very uh, silent in the market they have signed only one player ibrahim konate from rb leipzig but other than that they didn't do much business in fact they sold shakiri they uh, sent a couple of other players on loan but again pretty uh, dull window but again lot of people are talking about how matt van dyke joel gomez they're all like quote and quote like new signings but i still believe liverpool should have gone for an attacking player maybe they were looking for the right target they weren't getting it we have seen this from klopp before unless he gets the player he wants he doesn't go for a backup signing he always like waits for the player that he wants we don't know yeah. there were news that uh, they were looking at jeremy doku there were news that they were looking at uh, uh, gerard bowen from uh, west ham but it didn't happen nothing that happened so we'll 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 have to wait and see whether liverpool are actually going to get more goals from the front four and uh, i i myself i have my doubts uh, so i i don't think they are a title challenges is an outside chance but yeah chelsea and man city for me at this point of time yeah i agree and i think just to i think end our chat about the premier league i think the one signing i think everyone missed who would have been a great signing especially for say a united like we discussed was declan rice yeah uh, he would have been a great addition in that midfield uh, he's bound to get a big transfer one day might be in united in january you never know yeah other clubs are also actually did pretty well the tottenham uh, not letting kane out itself is a great win for them and they also signed a couple of good defenders brian hill from sevilla and they were able to secure a right back on the day on the on the transfer deadline day from barcelona and they also le- uh, let go of the deadweight serge aurier so they did pretty well and they are on top of the table right now leicester did pretty good business west ham did amazing business but the one signing that took all the headlines away was newcastle signing santiago munoz inspired from the goal movie so that means isha like in two seasons time real madrid are going to sign santiago munoz <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that but yeah mini and zidane will come back to play alongside him and, but yeah, and he is from mexico <laughs> from mexico it's a proper story uh let's see if he brings if he brings champion league football to newcastle again <laughs> i think let that step one yeah so what's your early prediction i mean winner any 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 choice any any preferences may not be one one or two preferences so you're talking about the trans the transfer winners or league no winners? no i'm like league winners league winners for me i feel this year is going to be chelsea it's actually part of the script 
a new manager comes in wins the european championship wins the league and then gets fired uh that's how it works for chelsea so this year i feel i think the biggest testament uh, the show of strength they had was against liverpool going down 10 men and showing the defensive resilience they did was incredible and i think that proved like i think that really settled it for me about you know the depth of squad and now they can even fight a game where they are down and out unbelievable so for me it's going to be uh, chelsea then city obviously city is going to be up there then united and then liverpool yeah i think i agree with you i also go with chelsea because even i thought until the signing of saul negas i was still like chelsea city 50 50 but city not signing a center forward and chelsea signing saul negas definitely put chelsea ahead for me and yeah united liverpool and maybe tottenham can challenge but i don't think they have it in them to go the go for the entire season they may they may be in top yeah. four for a while but they will drop they will drop down signing of the season i think i've already mentioned i believe you think saul nigues my money is on saul nigues at the signing of the season in the premier league i am still i am still going for lukaku lukaku is still my signing of the season let's move on to our la liga where barcelona basically opened up a garage sale so you're like ha please please we are, we have all these players le lo jo bhi chahiye jitna bhi chahiye le lo free mein le lo paisa bhi nahi chahiye just take them away you see in those movies na laporta basically held set up a lemonade stall in the in front of the garage and said please buy lemonade i will give you lemonade you take griezmann uh i will give you lemonade you take iax moriba <laughs> you take anyone anyone you want just go for it uh and the there, there if you saw there you know the when the window closed that tweet was yay we registered sergio aguero please <laughs> sergio aguero doesn't want to be there anymore <laughs> yeah i mean so, see that's the biggest win for barcelona out of this transfer window registering sergio aguero and getting luke de jong on loan from sevilla see barcelona had a lot of players out of their wageable i mean that was their primary their priority this season to get their wageable reduced to a certain level where they can register players they were able to take messi of their wageable now they have taken griezmann of their wageable pk sergio roberto busquets jordi alba all have apparently agreed for a reduction in their pay salary uh, i mean you still have dead weights like uh, Dembele who's again injured there is Coutinho who's there but yeah apart when it comes to the signings Eric Garcia still has a long way to go to prove himself but Memphis yeah. Depay has started really well that's the if i have to find one silver lining amongst all the bad stuff going around that's probably the only silver lining Ansu Fati coming back from injury could be pretty good but yeah the from number 10 Yeah, the new, the new number, number 10, 10 in Barcelona. Yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm extremely happy like it has gone to him. Uh I deservedly so the next big thing the next There was a uh, Twitter battle going on about how Barcelona should retire the number 10 and I was completely against it because that's pro- it's a very American thing in sport. Uh it's not applies to football otherwise they should have retired the number 10 for Maradona post Maradona. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't work. So I'm very happy actually that it went to Ansu Fati is probably the most deserving. Uh I hope he he's properly recovered from his injury and shows it because 
his addition would actually be the he would probably be the player for barcelona this season if he is back in full shape yeah i mean that's like right now since the transfer window is done like everything uh, the one thing that that barcelona fans have for barcelona is hope there is nothing much left out there so hopefully they are able to get the maximum out of this team and at least finish in top 4 i really don't see them challenging for any titles at least for one or two seasons until they get their finances back i don't see barcelona going for any big players or going for any big trophies but talking to vicious cycle bala i think just to end this barcelona it's a vicious cycle you know once you lose that ambition to get your finances in order right suddenly the star players don't want to come to you once you have got your finances in order if you look at ac milan they had a four five year cycle when they went almost they were broke and then they started rebuilding rebuilding they still they reached the champions league but they still don't attract that level of talent say what a juventus or an even an inter milan in the uh, serie a do yeah so they could be in that phase but yeah you never yeah, it's, it's an interesting phase we'll have to see how barcelona get over this hopefully they will but we'll see how it happens but talking about their arch rivals real madrid again they also had a lot of players leaving them see this covid has actually affected a lot of clubs and barcelona the most in fact barcelona's finances were unstable pre covid covid actually exposed them yeah. pretty badly but real madrid's uh, finances were also actually pretty much exposed even though they were able to make a slight profit like a less than a million pound profit yeah. but still their finances were also hit and that's why they had to let go of players like Sergio Ramos Rafael Varane i mean they had to let go of their entire their first uh, line of defense but they also bought someone like David Alaba and on the transfer deadline day probably i would say the best transfer deadline day signing like proper signing saul nigas was loan was uh, eduardo camavinga the 18 year old 17 year old how old is he yeah 18 year 18 old 18 year old uh, defensive uh, not defensive midfielder he's actually a central midfielder i would say from uh, ren he's more like a swashbuckling georgino he's actually a lot like pogba hmm yeah he's very good I've, i i didn't i didn't see him a lot like i saw him in one or two games in the champions league last season he's pretty good i i saw him play for france once or twice he's really good i mean there's still yeah. there's still a lot more to come from him i mean he's just 18 so there's still a lot more to come from him he's still not that level but it will be interesting to see him battling for places against uh, the likes of modric or cruz but i but this is a very smart transfer because this is a direct succession plan by perez for modric and cruz by getting valverde renewing him renewing valverde's contract to 2026 and now getting kamavinga in uh, your central midfield is pretty much sorted uh, that way so i think that's smart uh, casemiro still has a couple of more years left in him So I think this is a very very good signing for Real Madrid. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Now, see, Real Madrid again. As I said, uh, lost Ramos, Varane. They lost Brahim Diaz again. Brahim Diaz wasn't playing anyways. He was out on loan uh, with AC Milan, and that became a permanent transfer. They sent a couple of other yeah. players on loan. I think Odrio Zola was on was out on loan to Fiorentina, and then there was another player I don't remember much. He was also out on loan. Yeah, so Mariano was. Mariano was told to go to Val Rayo Vallecano, but he refused. So I don't know if he's still there or not. Uh, Odegaard, obviously, we know. Uh, Ceballos is in our squad this season. I don't know how many game 
he'll get but yeah yeah real madrid actually tried everything to get mbappe in this season uh, but it looks like they are, they did that just to send out a message that we are in for you i wasn't very sure where they are going to get the 220 million their final bid psg clearly said no we are not selling him anyway that was quite a bluff that was i think uh, perez doing a bluff he knew he would get rejected but he just wanted to show that we have 200 million <laughs> great so the biggest plus point for real madrid this season i believe is all their players coming back like bale coming back hazard coming back from injury so it depends on how those players actually perform isco yeah after a long absence has okay. come back to life so that will be a good thing now talking about their city rivals who i believe has the best squad by far in la liga this season especially with the addition of griezmann right now they are just incredibly strong see they were favorites before griezmann uh, because of how depleted barcelona and real madrid are uh, but just now with the coming of griezmann and to be very honest he is not a new signing for them he knows the culture he knows how to play under simeone something that he couldn't adjust to in barcelona because if you have to define his time at barcelona it was a pretty abject failure uh, because he is a talent and now he just needs to go back get his confidence back because the system he belongs there he you know there was never any other option for griezmann other than atletico madrid and he's 30 meaning i'm surprised like i thought he would be younger but he's 30 so this is his chance like there this will probably be the first time in history atletico retain a title uh because they would definitely got the squad for it yeah they also signed rodrigo de paul matias conha and a few other uh, signings sevilla made some interesting signings they signed rafa mir actually atletico was in for rafa mir rafa mir came from wolves thomas delaney from uh, dortmund and they swapped lamela lamena who actually had a as a pretty interesting start so yes. la liga we both are going with atletico favorites yes unfortunately <laughs> uh real madrid definitely top 4 i think sevilla also i think definitely top 4 barcelona three will remain the same whatever happens i'm telling you the top 3 will remain the same it will just keep switching but i still believe valencia can have an impact this season hopefully uh coming back from their miserable time for the last two years Serie A actually had a very interesting season actually very interesting transfer market not just many of their managers changed but they also signed a lot of players they had to let go of a lot of players i mean we talked about Serie A losing all their best players best forward best goalkeeper best defender everyone's gone but still the milan clubs did excellent business in fact especially inter yes in spite of losing some big talent they also made some smart signings they signed denzel dumfries as a replacement for hakimi they signed yoquin queria as a replacement of uh, lukaku they got jeko they got chalonoglu both for free so they did pretty well and they also started pretty well under inzaghi ac milan on the other hand did some really interesting businesses they got tomori juru again who had a very interesting start mike yeah. manyan replacement for donnarumma brahim diaz we just talked about it so they also did pretty well roma and, uh, brahim diaz who's been yes, scoring Brahim. for fun for at milan for the last couple of seasons yeah brahim diaz has been pretty good in fact i remember watching him play against juventus last season one of the very important games and he scored a spectacular goal roma under mourinho have started well and also signed some interesting players tammy 
Rui Patricio and the main part is they were able to let go of a lot of dead weight like Jeco left yeah. Pastore left uh, Pedro left so we don't know how that's going to turn but hopefully it works out well for them but Juventus yeah. was a bit of a disappointment i mean we all know that they are also pretty financially stuck they also have a lot of problems financially so they had to let go of ronaldo which eventually they did but i believe they signed a pretty interesting player in locatelli who will provide a very very important uh, who will fill a very important hole in the midfield which they were they were missing for a very long time so so that's again so but as i said in the last podcast your most informed player is alvaro morata <laughs> i don't need to say anything else but you still have kiesa so kiesa is the only hope i believe so who scoring 30 goals for them this season <laughs> we'll see we'll see what if dibala suddenly wakes up and produces a great performance so yeah because i can say morata will miss 30 open goal chances but i don't think he can score 30 goals <laughs> but yeah it's so, a just to i think just to end our seria talk i think uh, it's a severely depleted juventus this season i i don't think in my you know in recent memory i have actually seen such a weak uh, juventus squad as a whole because even if you look at their defense they are 50 and 75 respectively in age uh, <laughs> and now they don't and their their keeper is an ex arsenal reject i still do not believe how juventus have chesney as their number one keeper still it's unbelievable but that's how it is and you know i worry for them this season to be very honest uh, you know obviously they're going to be in the top 4 in the serie a but i think there are going to be a couple of embarrassing results for them over and above the empoli result last week Yeah, I thought before the beginning of the season, Inter are not going to challenge for the title. But having seen them play the first two games and the kind of signings they have made, and the fact that Juve are not looking good, I would. I am still going for Inter to regain the title. Uh, I agree. And, uh, and I have a hope. I have a slight hope that Roma can enter top four again. But I believe the likes of Napoli, Lazio might fall out. But this is going to be a very interesting season in Serie A. This is a pretty balanced season. I don't see a clear favourites actually. A weak Juventus is good for the Serie A. Talking about a team that won eight or nine league titles back to back, and talking about them going weak, well, let's talk about Bayern, who who continue to deplete the teams around them. Like if not Dortmund, it's Leipzig this time. <laughs> how how? How could they sign someone like Sabitzer for sixteen, seventeen million? Man, it it it's senseless. It makes no for sense. For people who do all. not know how well or how good a player Sabitzer is, you need to watch a couple of highlights on YouTube about how important he is to the entire operation of RB Leipzig. He makes them tick. He is in the center of everything going on at Leipzig. And who was their manager last season? Julian Nagelsmann, who now is the manager of Bayern Munich. So. this is literally a amazing a two two player signing for bayern munich because like uh, sabitzer in the center of midfield will run the show for them and you have a monster and center forward anyway uh, if if you don't have any challengers anyway i think this is more of a U, uh, champions league play for bayern than a bundesliga because bundesliga has already wrapped up with two games done 
<laughs> they already signed Upamecano from them. Dortmund sold Sancho, we all know that, but they got Daniel Marlin, like a typical Dortmund signing, a young player who again will will be sold for 50-60 million one year or two later. Leipzig again had a lot of exits, but then we, we talked about uh, them signing Yaks Moriba as a replacement for Marcel Sabitzer. So again, Bundesliga again looks like a park, uh, a walk in the park yeah. for Bayern once again, tenth title. So yeah, I don't see any any surprises there in uh, Bundesliga. League and transfers. It's it's about only one team, and that one team we have talked a lot about that team on how well they have done this season. So let's just round off with uh, with with one line that. By how many points they are going to win or by by what, by 32nd game or by 33rd game, they will win the league and, and wrap it up and move on. I will say, I'll put it another way. If they don't do it by the sec- 32nd game, it's a huge failure. Because with a squad like that, you and there's literally no competition. Yeah, you have Lyon playing really well uh, in the last couple of games. Marseille has, you know, eternal challenges. But... You know, what What are you going to say with that squad? You know, the, just the front three. Now you have uh, secured Mbappe for this season at least. You're going to have Mbappe, Neymar and Messi up front. Jesus Christ. And then you have Icardi and Di Maria in waiting in line. Uh, yeah, meaning it's just scary. I, I really... But to be honest, their defense is still weak. Uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, their defense is pretty weak. Uh, Ramos still doesn't have a timeline as to when he can play for PSG because of his uh, knee uh, ligament injury. Uh, he's not had a preseason game, nothing. So, uh, with Marquinhos playing more as a midfielder in the last couple of seasons, if he has to revert back to defense, how can he adapt? It'll be challenging. Kimpembe there, I still am not, I don't, I'm not very confident about Kimpembe's abilities as a central defender. But yeah, if you can score 10 goals, who cares if you concede two? See, when I was telling Ishan that uh, we will dedicate this particular section on how India's uh, performance against England in the fourth test at Oval, uh, like, I mean, we don't, we're not doing an audio podcast. I mean, if we do a video, like, you can see Ishan's expression is just like, ah, shit, God. The same expression he showed like last episode when we were talking about India's batting. I mean, guys, it's the same old, same old situation. India all out for 191. Thanks to a 50 from Shardul Thakur. (laughs) Not Virat Kohli, Shardul Thakur. (laughs) And Shardul Thakur has probably made a case of, if even if India get thrashed as to why Ashwin was not picked in a spin-friendly pitch, I still not still do not understand our selection process. I would have taken Ashwin as a wicketkeeper over Pant, uh, <laughs> just to get Ashwin in the squad. But let's talk, and I think Bala, I'll leave this to you because I'm just it just annoys me. Just describe what is going on with India's batting. They are just falling into the trap of, well, let's be bold, let's be bold, let's be bold. I mean, there's a thin line separates boldness and stupidity. I think they seem to cross that line time and again, time and again, time and again. The Look at the way how Pant got out. I mean, that is stupidity. 
that's that's not just stepping over the line that's like way ahead of the line you are like pretty much in the middle of the stupidity zone so that's that's what's happening they are not applying themselves properly again ajinkya ragane ajinkya rahane again a disappointing game he again went out i would say get ashwin instead of ajinkya rahane ashwin at least will score some 10 runs and he'll pick up some three wickets instead of just standing like a yeah and, and just look at the math kohli scored a 50 shardul scored a 50 that's a 100 plus runs coming from two players and then we got all out for 191 now are you kidding me yeah so that's just shocking right yeah this is this is really irresponsible i mean we started off well with the bowling i mean as it's as as of now uh, at the end of 15 overs england are 52 for 2 in reply i mean they were actually 6 for 2 and there's a bit of a counter attack from david malan and joe root so they are playing really well so the signs are pretty clear it looks like yet another big first innings lead un- un- unless unless some inspiring bowling performance either from umesh yadav or shardul thakur or bumrah and that's also we we don't have shami one of our biggest bowling mainstays shami is gone yeah. so i'm i'm not sure how we are going to get a first innings lead with this bowling attack plus you have root who's almost going to guaranteed scoring a century yeah i don't see anything other than disappointment in this game also but let's hope if we can do something and save face so last episode we were talking about how india are performing really well in paralympics we have won 10 Uh, medals so far and uh, we are up for few more actually uh, we have great uh, hope in badminton in fact world number 1 uh, pramod bhagat he is actually uh, one uh, he, he actually won his group and he is qualified for the semis so that's that's pretty much not not a goal a short medal but at least there is a good chance of winning a medal and other badminton players suhas yatiraj and tarun dilan all have made really good progress Uh, and then in canoeing in canoeing we have prachi yadav who have who has entered semi final so we should at least expect another two three medals from us and this is this is going really great so guys so we still have another three more days for this event to finish so let's hope that we bring in more medals and as usual let's cheer for them uh, for you for guys who want to watch this it's on either dd sports or if you get eurosport it's on eurosports also so please do watch and support our team All right guys that's about it for this episode in fact as we are finishing this episode of England have lost their third wicket Joe Root is gone he just got out bowled Umesh Yadav we were just hoping Umesh Yadav to Come pick on. up a wicket <laughs> so let's see and uh, by the next episode on monday we will cover a bit more of cricket and let's see if there is any other important event that has happened so until our next episode it's uh, bye from bala bye from ishan guys see you on monday thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed what you heard please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to it not only helps us but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily you can also reach out to us on twitter and instagram at the rate sports charcha a big shout out to the jam room audio for our theme music you can follow the jam room on facebook at the rate the jam room audio bye